Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by food. Are you hungry? I know I am. Ray, are you hungry? Always. There it is. Then you should try food. It nourishes your body, but be careful. It can also get you out of shape or really in shape. It all depends. The choice is yours. Try food. All right, here we go. We're on the eve. It is Thursday. We uh, This was delayed by uh, by yours truly's bachelor party in Las Vegas. That was what delayed this this podcast. But we are on the eve of Thursday it's worth night. It. The Kansas City worth Chiefs it. have just yo t- thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was worth it. The Kansas City Chiefs have thumped the New England Patriots. What a great game. What a great way to start the season. Let's hope there's more to come, but knowing the Pats, uh, they'll bounce back pretty quickly. Anyways, we're going to do a NFC West preview here we go let's check it out gold cast let's get busy starting right now san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast boom Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful i'm your host rudy salisa third and with me is my brother my co-host raymond salisa first baby Boom! Raymond football is back. It is finally back. The 49ers are here once again. This is the team. If you're listening to this podcast, this is the team that the Goldcast lives and dies for. This is why you were here. This is how you heard about us. Most likely, (laughs) this is how you heard about us. It's about the 49ers. This is arguably one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Five Super Bowls. Two of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Two of the greatest coaches ever, Bill Walsh, George Seifert. And now we live in this time, all the way here in 2017. We are here, and we we are looking at the dawn of a possible new regime that could take us to great heights. Kyle Shanahan, general manager, John Lynch. It all starts this Sunday with the 49ers, the beginning of a whole new era and with it we're going to begin with our nfc west preview raymond why don't you get us started let's start with the 49ers i want to talk about your general thoughts and feelings going into the season and what you think the outlook is how it's going to look for us well i think it's going to be a lot better than what the initial predictions were and i think a lot of journalists even beat writers have kind of changed their tune as the off-season program has commenced as well as preseason and seeing the progress of the team and the progress of Shanahan's system being implemented. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. I certainly believe that even before seeing that, just because I'm an eternal optimist. And when it comes to the Niners, I always think they're going to do good. We always try to find reasons and statistics to back that, back that up. Um, it's not just kind of uh, uh going on on you know it's not just plain confirmation bias that my team's great and they're going to do great it we always at least i always base it on analysis and of course i did that with shanahan when he came in and the statistics once again i found statistics that can you know prove that or at least support the art the notion that the niners will do a lot better than expected this year because i know a lot of people were saying oh two and 14 three and 13 four and 12 if they're lucky i'm kind of leaning towards more six and ten seven and nine arena that's kind of what I see just because they do their head coach is considered 
the one of the, if not the greatest offensive mind in the entire National Football League. And that is something that we've not had within the last three years. We've had coaches that are very knowledgeable about football and have had success at very various levels within the NFL level. But Shanahan has done this for I don't know, nine years now, almost 10. So he has, you know, quadruple the amount of, of experience as, say, L.A. Rams, new head coach, youngest head coach in the history of football, uh, Sean McVay. So the grand, the great-grandson of, of uh, the great McVay that helped build the 49ers empire back in the 80s. So with that kind of experience and also the proven success behind all of those years, I think it's only... It it's it only feels right to feel as optimistic as everybody does this year because we have somebody that has a plethora of NFL experience. Unlike Jim Tonsula, has no experience. I mean, no coordinating experience. And then Chip Kelly, who only had three years of coaching experience up to that point, or two, I guess. And then of course, you had all of his staff that some guys were proven, some guys were veterans, and just didn't work out. Nothing really gelled, but here we see that we have a system. Once you have a guy that comes in with the the credibility of Kyle Shanahan, there's a completely different persona that the team and the organization takes on, and we've seen that from him. And also, more important, uh, just equally as important as John Lynch, there's a complete di- complete turnaround. There's there's all of a sudden 49ers are an appealing football program that people want to come to now. Big veterans have signed with us. A bunch of rookies are signing with us. We know we has even some practice squad guys that ditched out on their team at the last moment to join the 49ers. I know Tampa Bay was not too happy about that. I think it was Tampa Bay. I can't remember the exact team. It's irrelevant because it's a practice squad guy, but nonetheless, it's just it just more evidence to you know support what we're talking about here. So again, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be. I'm guessing around six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight is kind of more on the optimistic side of things, uh, on on the extreme optimistic side. But I think we're going to at least win, you know, probably about five more games than we won last year. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Do you feel the same way? So, I agree. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what the 49ers pull off this year. I think the the defensive side of the ball is going to have a faster rebound and has a faster upside because you've got proven veterans mixed with really hot shot rookies. I think the quarterback position is obviously, and I've been very adamant about this and very vocal about this, it's the position that I'm the most weary about. I think games preseason games two and three were an excellent preview of both the ceilings and the floors that Brian Hoyer is capable of. And I think that they are an excellent sneak preview of what you're going to see throughout the season. You're going to see games like preseason game two where he can't even get a handoff out correct. And there's just he just has no accuracy on his targets. And you're just pointing your hair out going, what is wrong with this guy? Is he here or not? And then you're going to see games like preseason game three where he's just a gunslinger and he's just – Putting the needle right through the thread, baby. Just boom, 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 boom. A thread right through the needle. Sorry. Boom, 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 boom. And he's going to be nailing it. And I think the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde approach, the up and down inconsistency of Brian Hoyer is what you could expect from him in the regular season. I agree with you. I think 6-10 and is pretty much where I have us. Optimistically, I'm really hoping for a a better turnaround than 6 and 10, but realistically, I believe 6 and 10 is the sweet spot. I believe that's where we're going to land. I'm really I really want to see the defensive 
the defensive combination of Reuben Foster, Navarro Bowman, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Aaron Lynch. I really want to see that 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 monster head right there. That's what I want to see. I want to see those guys on the field at the same time, and I want to see what they're capable of. I'm still very iffy about our cornerbacks and our secondary. The 49ers secondary traditionally this entire decade hasn't been very good. Or when they were good in the Trent Bialke era, he would get rid of them the next year. Like he wouldn't really renew their contracts. He never saw he never saw retaining secondary as a really important part of our defense. What's really interesting about the 49er defense is that we're the we're the inverse of the Seahawks. The Seahawks really, really depended on their secondary. We were all about our defensive line and linebackers. They were all about attacking the arms of of the offensive head, of the offensive team. We were always about attacking the head, take out the quarterback. They were like, take away the offensive weapons and you control the game. We were like, take out the quarterback, you control the game. Neither is Neither is particularly more efficient than the other. It simply is a matter of whether or not you can do them at a top level. And I think the 49ers are what they have right now. I think we have an opportunity to see a, a defensive scheme, at least a front seven, a defensive scheme that is similar, reminiscent in terms of its dominance to the Harbaugh era team. Now, the real question is, can Brian Hoyer find, can he find Pierre Garçon? Can he find Marquise Goodwin? Can he, can Har- Carlos Hyde stay healthy? Can these, can, can that, can the offensive weapons do enough to get the 49ers to win. And I think it's going to be inconsistent. And I think at the end of the day, I'm going to say 6-10. and 6-10 and 10 is what I felt the entire year. And I think that's really where we're going to end up. Yep. So let's move on. Let's move on, Raymond. Let's go on to our friends down south that are right here by me, the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk They're about not our the friends. Los Angeles Rams now. They're actually not our friends. You're absolutely There's nothing right. friendly about them. <laughs> the the only good thing about them being here is because I'm in here. I uh, as you know, as the the Goldcast knows, I'm an actor, a writer, living in Los Angeles now, San Francisco, proud native from the Mission District, Mission baby. So, but I'm here now, and the only good thing about the Rams moving to Los Angeles is this year I get to watch the 49ers. I will be there with our LA co-host Louis Bartone. He will be uh, he will be appearing on the Goldcast uh, later this year. Be, be on the lookout. We will be here to torture him. But we he's a diehard Rams fan, and we will be in attendance for the New Year's Eve game, the final game of the year, San Francisco 49ers at Los Angeles Rams. I cannot wait. But Ray, why don't you talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Rams? Obviously, they have a coach in Sean McVay. Break a little bit down about the Los Angeles Rams and where you see them going. Well. Their biggest issue heading into this season, as well as last year, is the fact that they pretty much sold the house to move up to get Jared Goff, who mightily struggled last year. I think it was 30th in the league among you know the dead last group in in quarterback efficiency, and that's just kind of general efficiency. And I don't really expect too much more of him this year. I expect him to be marginally better, but not enough to win you know, more than four games, if not three. Right around that kind of margin is where I see the Rams ending up. I know they still retain a lot of good defensive veterans on that team. You know, we'll see if health kind of allows them to stay, you know, stay relevant within games. 
you know, if health becomes an issue, then I can see the Rams kind of easily falling off. I think the the defense will kind of help them keep competitive, but the fact that the offense is just really kind of just doesn't have a whole lot to work with in terms of depth, lack of draft picks, which affects that depth. And the fact that they have a new head coach that we really, really don't know how well he's going to do, even though he's, he's only been a coordinator for three years. He did kind of take the reins from Kyle, that Kyle Shanahan established in Washington and did approve upon them. But three years is kind of a small sample size considering that, you know, Kirk Cousins was, we knew what, we knew what Kirk Cousins was going to be under Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay certainly did help to exploit that. But we can't give him full credit because a lot of that goes to the foundation that Kyle Shanahan created. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Sean McVay. I thought he would have been a good – he was one of my candidates to come to San Francisco um, when we were considering him. So I thought he would be a good fit. And I was, of course, researching what he had done. And I think he's done good things over in Washington. But taking over the Rams team – was I don't know I it, it just seems like a daunting task for for his his age and his his experience in the NFL relative to what he's up against he's up against the Arizona Cardinals the Seattle Seahawks and you know um, and Kyle Shanahan I just don't really see him getting too much accomplished against that group let alone the rest of the league you know I know that they're they're going to be opening up the game their week against the Colts. Even though both teams are pretty bad, I would still give the edge to the Colts. Although the Rams are playing at home, so I think defensively they're going to put up put up some put up a good fight. We'll see if the Rams have enough offense to overcome that. But I would not be surprised if the Colts win. Other than that, um, I expect the Niners to sweep them again this year, and not necess- and, and that's because last year my X factor was. Um, Chip Kelly. This year, my X factor is Kyle Shanahan. So, once again, I think the coach <laughs> is gonna gonna beat them again. Not not by not by bias or anything, or just you know, just happens to be a coincidence. That just happens to be the the number one X factor I see, kind of toppling them for this season. Mm-hmm. But just there's just not a lot of depth for him to work with. I think they they look like they're headed in the right direction, just like the Niners do. But I think that there's a little bit more relevant optimism for San Francisco versus the Rams if I'm being objective here just because there's more experience more proven experience and more veteran leadership that's been um, that's joined the ranks of San Francisco versus the Rams that just didn't have a whole lot of picks to work with they didn't even you know we'll, we'll have to see what what they've got going you know Aaron Donald held out for God knows how long so he's going to be not fully up to par. He he hasn't been been fully involved in the offseason training. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I I have my doubts. I think they'll be dead last in the NFC West, though. I agree. I think the Rams will be dead last in the NFC West as well. I'm very curious offensively. There's a couple pieces on their team that I'm really curious about. I'm really curious to see the Jared the the Jared Goff connection with Sammy Watkins and rookie Cooper Cup. Can Cooper Cup, I mean, the kid had a stellar preseason. He looked phenomenal. He, uh, you know, he, his, everyone's been talking, to, they, uh, their team was talking about how they want him to try and go for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And the question is, can Cooper Cup really, uh, can he really show up the way, for instance, Kareem Hunt did today on the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, you know, where he just obviously just dropped the mic and put the smackdown on the. Who knows? I mean, defense. even Sammy Watkins is. Sammy Watkins is even, I think, um, 
kind of a 50-50 shot because he's had health issues. Todd Gurley hasn't been Todd Gurley since his rookie year. We don't know if and if the offensive line, you know, hasn't the offensive line hasn't improved very much uh since last year, so I don't really know if they're going to, you know, be able to provide a whole lot of balance uh between the run and the pass. But yeah, anyways, go on. No, no, no. I, I completely agree with you. That that's what I'm saying. That it they they put a lot of offensive pieces around Jared Goff, and I want to see their, that's their monster. You know, if we're looking at on the 49ers, if we're looking at Brian Hoyer, uh, Brian Hoyer, Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, Carlos Hyde, I'm looking at the Rams, and I'm asking about Jared Goff, Sammy Watkins, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup. Like I'm asking about these guys, and then there, there's not even a lock that Cooper Cup is going to start, but I, I have a feeling he's probably going to start on Sunday. I think Indianapolis will be a good test for him. I think without Without the Colts, um, without uh, Andrew Luck, I think the Colts are very vulnerable, and I do expect the Rams to win that game. But their overall record, I'm I'm gonna say four and twelve or five and eleven is where I put the Rams. All right, so let's move on. Arizona Cardinals. So I want to start with this one. I'd like to to start with this one. The, the Arizona Cardinals. Carson Palmer's back again. And so let's go back to 2015. The 2015 campaign, Carson Palmer has just the most stellar year, takes that team to the NFC Championship where they lose, right? So for all of our, our old school, for, when it was the 49er Goldcast, all of our old school Goldcast members, Goldcast Nation, 49er Faithful, they all remember that I was very hot to trot on Palmer because he had, he'd had, the, he'd had the injury the year before and had gone through this extensive rehab campaign. He was talking about how he had abs like he hadn't seen since he was a rookie back in college even. He had gone through this. He said he was in the best shape of his life, and he'd never felt this good before. And so in 2015, what did he do? He beasted and he balled. He balled and balled and balled. Fast forward all the way to 2016. Now, what did I say at the beginning of last year? I said the Cardinals would regress back. There would be a huge regress back because he was not, he didn't go through another rehab program again and that he wouldn't be at the level that he was. In fact, I, I expected him to revert back to Carson Palmer, if not even worse. And what happened was the Arizona Cardinals did that exact same thing. Fast forward to 2017, he was injured. He's gone a little, through a little bit of a rehab program, but he's already, he was contemplating retirement. And I think that while the 49ers and the Rams are going forward, this is a team that's headed in the opposite direction. There's also rumors possibly about Bruce Arians, this being his last year because he's had health concerns. And I feel like this team is hanging on by a thread. Uh, I think Larry Fitz, people are expecting Larry Fitzgerald to regress. I think Larry Fitzgerald is kind of like Anquan Bolden. I think he's there. He's this this uh, he's Arizona's Anquan Bolden. I think he's going to do fine this year. I you know he's like Frank Gore, steady. He might have a couple games where he really breaks out. He might have a couple games where he's almost non-existent. But in the end, like if you're looking at his fantasy projections, I, I still think he's going to be you know between eight eight hundred and nine hundred yards somewhere. You know, eight to ten touchdowns. I think he's he'll be fine. I think he'll he'll be he'll be just fine. But I think that overall. This is a team that's going in the opposite direction. What are your thoughts, Ray? I think this is a team that we're going to be battling in terms of 
the standings, the rankings within the division. This is the team we're going to be really battling most of the season for that for the for the number two spot or number three spot. It's going to be one of us that are really going to fall into that category. And that's because and this is another team that, like you said, they're on they're on the twilight side of their of their run, much like Seattle too. Although Seattle's in better shape than Arizona. But uh, Arizona, their number one issue for me is the offensive line, which is the whole catalyst of of the offense. This, the offense cannot function without a good offensive line, and they've still got questions around the offensive line. Uh, offensive line. They've got health issues around the offensive line. I know they've picked up they've picked up Mike Upati from us, who played good a couple years ago, but hasn't really been the same since then. Um, they've got uh, issues in the run game. Larry Fitzgerald is is. I think he's going to be fine, like you said, too. But I also think he's going to be inconsistent because age is now settling in. He doesn't quite have the same speed that he does. He still has the leadership, of course. He still has the hands. He still has the mental prowess. Doesn't necessarily have the athletic prowess, which we're going to see kind of ebb and flow throughout the season. Um, I think you kind of nailed it when you said there'd be games when he'd be great and there'd be other games where he just seems non-existent. Very similar to how Jerry Rice kind of ended his career when he would just kind of ebb and flow, ebb and flow, and then it would just kind of taper off, taper off into to less less, less flow, more ebb for him. But um, defensively, um, they also lost five starters. So this is a defense that is not the same that they were two years ago. They are very much depleted. And the depth and the youth, um, we don't know if they're really going to step up to the, to the plate. But when you lose five you know, starters, that's pretty much half your defense. So remember, I mean, last couple of years, the Niners have lost about five or six starters on defense that went on IR. And we saw what happened with our defense the last couple of years when that happened. So just imagine the same thing, only this time they're completely gone. They're not even injured or missing a game or here here too. They're completely gone. So I expect a huge dip off of that where that means that the Arizona success is going to depend on them putting up more points than they are stopping people. And I just don't think they're going to be able to stop a whole lot of people throughout their they're, I mean, they're gonna, they're probably gonna play good. I, well, I, it could go either way against Detroit because you know, you never know. Matt, Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. Just depends if the defense can stop Arizona, which I think they'll have a pretty easy time doing if they can get some pass rush going because that offensive line is vulnerable. And I think the Lions are up to the task. They might have a better chance next week against the Colts. Cowboys are definitely gonna lose. 49ers is a toss up. You know, but I think uh, they'll struggle against the Eagles. Bucks are on the rise. Who knows? Rams, that could be a toss up again. Uh, they'll be playing at home against us in the 49ers, so that uh, that could be a game that we could win because we're at home. So um, you know, and then Seahawks, Texans, Jags probably a wash. That's a lot. That's a win. Titans will be a win. Redskins might be a win. Rams probably a win. So I mean, they're gonna they're probably gonna pull out in the latter half of the season, but beginning of the season probably gonna be a neck and neck tie between us and Arizona for that second and third spot. Where do you think the Cardinals end up? What's their final record? They're probably anywhere between eight and eight and nine seven. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking eight and eight, nine and seven. That's pretty much where you could bank on those boys ending up. Eight and eight, nine and seven. All right. Well, let's move on. Team I hate the most. The team that just if I could hit a team with a bat in the face, with a with a sports bat, 
it'd be this team. This team has haunted my nightmares. It has also been just the, the fervor of my anger. There have been times where I've hated them more than the Dodgers, more than LeBron James. That's a lot. That's a lot of hate. And that, of course, is our greatest rival of this decade, of this era, those goddamn Seattle Seahawks. Oh, with the worst color, so, worst color combination in any entire league. God, just atrocious. Who did that? Totally, I don't know. Totally atrocious. The worst color. That that green. This team is so obnoxious. Their fans are obnoxious. They're they literally they literally need they need uh, thousands of people in their stadium to help them win the games because that's how awesome they are. Now, here's what really frustrates me: is this year the Seattle Seahawks. I've heard more people talk about the Seattle Seahawks going back to the Super Bowl this year than any other year. So I want to talk to you about that, Ray. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the Seattle Seahawks and where they stand right now? This is a team that will most likely win a division, not necessarily because they're great, but because the other three teams are just two of the teams are rebuilding and one team is kind of on the down on the decline. So that's the only reason why I'm going to give them division title, not necessarily because they like they're awesome and they, you know, they're they're so good, but just because nobody else is really all that much better. So they kind of have an easy going, much like the Patriots in their division for the last like 20 years. Um, but uh, in this case, it's just been the case for the last – this year in particular will be the easiest road for them just because you have two teams that are rebuilding um, and one team that just is even probably going to be in worse shape this year than they were last year. So that's all I see. I mean they, they did have a decent draft, and most of their guys are healthy this year, although I don't know you know, what their secondary is going to look like because I know that not uh, – not Chancellor. I mean, Michael Bennett. You know, he's going to be a presence, in uh, for that group. And Sherman's healthy, of course. Chancellor's going to be there. But uh, you know, what's Earl his name Thomas is coming is off. Back. Yes, he, yeah, but we don't know. He's going to come off coming off of a serious leg. He broke his leg, so we don't know. You know, if he's going to be a hundred percent. I'm sure they've. You know, he's looked good in training camp, but uh, that's not an easy thing to come back with, especially considering his role out there in that scheme. So you don't know. And, you know, we don't know what the rookies are going to do. You know, they pick guys that have great potential, you know, but we'll see. Just like the Niners have a lot to prove with Reuben Foster and Thomas. So, you know, even though their they their skill set's high, their their ceiling's high and their projection's pretty high, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, they could be injured in week one and it could be over. So who knows? But uh but uh, uh, this is a team that's going to easily run away with. It. I hate to say it, but if I'm if I'm going to be fair, that's that's just kind of how I see it. Don't know how they're going to fare this week against Green Bay in Lambeau Field. It's always a tough place to play, and Seattle has historically struggled there, even in this current era. So I'm going to give the edge to Aaron Rodgers there. But you know, next week we're going to have to travel over there to. To face him, I don't know if that's going to, I think, you know, I think Shanahan's probably going to struggle, although I think he's going to put up a better fight than Chip Kelly because he's a much better coach, much better offensive mind. He's certainly better than anything that the Seattle can dish out offensively. It's the defense that he really has to outplay more than anything else because the offensively, Seattle's kind of you know, like middle of the road, you know. Um, Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. He's not an outstanding quarterback. 
Seattle, oh, well, let's let's go to that offense because we all know what that defense is capable of. The um, you know, I, I I hate their defense, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for their defense. The Legion of Boom seems to be back. You're right, Earl Thomas is a question, but they really That's do a seem stupid to ass have name too. Jesus up. Christ. Anyways, go on. <laughs> I love it. I love the hatred. The they really do have seemed to have restocked on defense, and I expect them to be very dominant once again on that side of the ball. Offensively. As with most NFC West teams, the question is offensively, what is this team capable of? And I'm once again looking at Russell Wilson. Can he stay healthy behind a, you know, a line that has been beefed up a little bit? You know, uh, they've gotten, I'll tell you exactly who they've gotten. They have, they have, let's see here. They, they have, uh, uh, they acquired lineman Luke Joko. I don't even know if I say that name right. Oday Abushi, and then they drafted um, Ethan uh, Pokic. I can't pronounce any of these names from LSU. So we'll see exactly what those guys can do. But offensively, in terms of their weapons, what I'm most curious about is Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls. The combination can Thomas Rawls stay healthy enough to? Uh, live up to the potential he is kind of he basically is Seattle's Carlos Hyde Carlos Hyde is fantastic but I've struggled to stay on the field struggled to play a full season and you're never really we've never really seen Carlos Hyde reach his full potential it's the same exact question you have with Thomas Rawls over there Eddie Lacy is much improved but still you know he's struggled with his weight he although he's hit all of his weight requirements this year and gotten all of his bonuses his 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 Ability to play at a level, for instance, of Marshawn Lynch or Thomas Rawls is heavily in doubt at this point in his career. The other people, the other weapons I'm curious about, I'm curious about Jimmy Graham. Is Jimmy Graham going to prove to be, I mean, he really came back last year and was starting to look like New Orleans Saints Jimmy Graham. And I'm terrified at the prospect of him doing that again this year and really taking it to another level and of course there is oh my gosh i can't believe i'm running a blank on there uh doug baldwin tyler Lockett. doug baldwin doug baldwin. Oh, doug baldwin no doug baldwin if doug baldwin and jimmy graham ball again i mean doug baldwin it, you know he was uh he he went really high in uh, obviously fantasy drafts because he had a fantastic year last year if jimmy graham can improve upon last year's effort and go all the way back to New Orleans Saints Jimmy Graham, which is you know basically a, a tight end that's on the level of Gronkowski. And Doug Baldwin gets to the level that he's capable of playing. If he just could stay consistent and do what he does, then this offense could be pretty formidable. And that's what I'm most afraid of. I know, I know for a fact the defense is gonna is gonna ball. We all know that the defense is gonna play amazing. That's not a question. But the where the Achilles heel of this team is is that offensive line, because if the offensive line can get to, if the offensive line cannot protect Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson cannot get to his weapons, and if if Thomas Rawls is hurt and Eddie Lacy isn't consistent, then that run game is depleted, and that's really where you hurt the Seattle Seahawks. That's where the Seahawks are the most vulnerable. It's in the it's in their ability to protect Russell Wilson and the health of their running backs, and if those two things. Are if if he's not able to be protected and Russell Wilson gets hurt again, or they're not able to protect their running backs and the running backs get hurt again, then you have a a pretty bad situation for the Seahawks. And that's really that's really the question for them offensively. What can the Seahawks do on that side of the ball? Now, Ray, the last question here, 
What do you think is the final record of the Seahawks? And do you agree with all of these early early predictions that state Seattle will be in the Super Bowl again this year? No, they're not going to be in the Super Bowl. They're probably going to get knocked off by like Green Bay or Dallas. That would be my guess. They've they've got the they've got the clout and experience to get there and perhaps win a round or two, but not enough to get to the to the big show. That that uh that that train that train ticket belongs to somebody else. I don't know who. You know you you could say Dallas. I mean Dallas is in certainly in a good position to do that considering they have everybody. You know healthy on their team with the exception of Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. The offensive line is still intact, so whoever fills in for him is going to have an easier time running than any other running back in the NFL. So I don't really think they're going to see too much drop-off in their offensive productivity, especially the running game, considering the the line that they've got, which is the best in the league. So, no, I don't see Seattle doing that. Seattle's probably going to be the inverse of us. They're probably going to be around 10-6, 11-5, something, something around there. I don't see them going 12-4 and four or 3-13 and 13 or 14-2. Four, and two. No way. Um, there, I don't think health. I think health is going to play a factor midway to in the latter half of the season, just because these guys are old, and I just don't expect them to stay healthy. This is football, you know. Your your prime, your prime in terms of health, unless you're one of those weird freak anomaly players. But uh, outside of that, your prime health is going to be probably about three, you know three, four seasons, and then you're going to kind of see, you know, dips in seasons where you're just in and out of injuries, like we've seen with them over the years, particularly on the offensive line side of the ball, because they didn't invest their, they invested their money in the secondary and they neglected the offensive line. Whereas during that same time, the Niners were investing in the offensive line and neglecting their secondary, kind of just having a revolving door, depending on the front seven to really kind of back up whatever, you know, deficiency was we had in the secondary, and, and Seattle was the exact opposite. Um, so, but you know, that's what I see out of them. No big show for them this year. I'm sure Seattle would love to see them in the big show, but it's not happening. You guys got your two appearances, and that's probably all you're going to get. I sure hope you're right. I do think you're right. I think probably Green Bay and Dallas are the most slated, the most well-equipped. I would say that Seattle, I would say Seattle's arguably right behind them. I can definitely see them in the divisional round. Possibly yeah, they might NFC be there. You know, I, I, just... I wouldn't count out, wouldn't count out um, Seattle. I mean, Seattle. I wouldn't count out Philadelphia or the Giants either. That's true. That's all the same uh, well, division, too. I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't count out the Giants before Philadelphia. I still don't think Philadelphia has enough uh, enough to, to get there. I, I Jared Wentz, I'm just not a believer. But I'm with you. I'm going to say that the Seattle Seahawks go 11-5. and five. I think they go 11-5, and five, and I think they obviously they take first in the division. Cardinals take, Rian Ray agree on everything. Cardinals take second in the division, 49ers take third, and the Rams take the fourth. Now, Raymond, before we finish... Why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Goldcast underscore, as well as Instagram at The Goldcast. 
You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. And be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way you get notifications on all our live episodes, as well as leaving us a review on iTunes to help us get higher in the rankings. That way we get... um, that way we get posted on their front page for sports podcasts, uh, sports podcasts pertaining to San Francisco 49ers in particular. That would be very helpful. So let us know. You know, your feedback is always appreciated on any of these platforms, whether it's a comment on YouTube or a comment on Twitter. We like it all and we always try to do our best to respond. So let us know. Let us know, follow, be a part of the group, be a part of this. If you like the 49ers, then subscribe. And if you hate the 49ers, then, you know, we know that you didn't subscribe because you're you're a hater and we don't want you around if that's the case. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. And thank you for those who have been leaving reviews. We are starting to get reviews coming in. That helps us get up the ranks to help spread the word of the Gold Cast Nation, the 49er faithful. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis as well as Instagram at Ray Solis One. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rudy Solis 3RD, Rudy Solis 3rd. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis the Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. Go Niners! This is, is the gold cast.